It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. It is hump day. Congratulations. I am Kim Munson, and we are going to have a conversation about some very important things out there. I uh, want to say uh, happy Wednesday to all of you, wishing you a great day. We'll be talking about these issues. Remember, it comes down to freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And ultimately, socialism is force. And uh, so thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie for keeping this whole train on the track. How are you doing today, Steve? Well, I'm glad you're you're pushing the Wednesday thing because I'm stuck on Tuesday and I had a Monday and it was really a Tuesday and a Tuesday that was really a Monday and I'm really confused. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you get Monday off. But yeah, there were a lot of Mondays happening yesterday because of Labor Day. You know, I think after a three-day weekend, it takes it takes a little something to get the wheels rolling again. But it's Wednesday, and uh, in two more days, it's Friday, and we get to start all over again. So thank you to each of you listeners out there as well. You are valued. You are treasured. You have a purpose. And uh, today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, soul, mind, and body. And uh, we've got a, a battle of ideas that's raging in our country today, and that's why we do this show, is to shed light on these things, help you get your brain around these issues so that you can talk with your friends and your family and your colleagues about these important things because this American idea is worth is is uh, worth saving and uh, it's um, it's something that we need to work on every day so first of all I'm thrilled today we're going to have two great guests Joshua Scharf has written a very important piece in Complete Colorado and go to Complete Colorado. They aggregate all the news uh, throughout the state from a variety of different sources. Uh, so it'll keep you apprised of the headlines. And then if you click on the banner at the very top, Steve, it took you a while to figure that out, right? I, it did. And it was like a gold mine uh, because all the aggregated stuff is great. And you jump around and click, click, click and whatnot. But the clicking on the banner and getting access to all the great uh, people who contribute. That was, like you say, it was a gold mine. Well, and Joshua Scharf has written a really important piece because uh, we talk about government and picking winners and losers. And boy, the state government here in Colorado, and actually you see it in counties and and cities as well, under the guise of economic development, they pick up, they pick winners and losers and uh, decide who they're going to um, take less money from. I, I was going to say who they give tax breaks to, but my friend Helen Raleigh says government doesn't give anything. They only take less from one person than another. And so we'll talk to uh, Joshua Scharf in the second segment about that. And you can find his original piece if you go to Complete Colorado 
Colorado, click on that banner aid on uh, banner um, on the top, and then uh, that'll drop down, and you'll have that. In the third and fourth segment, Steve, I really have to say thank you to you for you. You said Angie Austin, who's one of our fellow KLZ hosts, has an amazing story, and we're going to hear, hear her story in segments three and four. And you talk about an inspiration. I had no idea that she was such an amazing woman. I've heard. I first started working with her in 2014, I guess it was, and since that time, I've heard her her testimony. That's the right phrase, uh, right word uh, to describe an incredibly difficult childhood and the ability that she had to take stock of her situation and you know lift yourself up by your own bootstraps is uh, it's no exaggeration. That's exactly what she did. And so you will not want to miss that, and that segment's in three and four. So our, for, for our inspiration today, I was thinking about it, Steve, and I went to Newt Rockney, you know, who was the great football coach for Notre Dame. And he said, yes, I know that you feel you are not strong enough. That's what the enemy thinks, too. But we're going to fool him. And so get out there and fool the enemy today. And for today's funnies, are you ready for that, Steve? Oh, go for it. Okay. As a radical Boulder Democrat drove down the highway, his probably in his electric car, his car phone rang. Answering, he heard his wife's voice urgently warning him, Moonbeam, I just heard on the news that there's a car driving down the wrong way on the Boulder Turnpike. Please be careful. It's not one car, Moonbeam replied. It's hundreds of them. Did you like that one, Steve? I did. Because it's just too easy to picture. <laughs> it is too easy. So, hey, let's jump into headlines here. First thing, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A friend of mine who is a DU uh, alumni had mentioned that here at uh, DU, right here, the Pioneers, they now, uh, then this is from now the Denver Channel, the University of Denver finds itself embroiled in this debate as some feel that the Pioneers' nickname must go. We feel that the link between alumni and the university is at risk, said DU alum Nick Trimaroli. It's not about blaming anybody for the past, said Ernest House Jr., who is a Native American. It's about the context in which Pioneer is used. We're going 360, starting with you by looking at a variety of controversial mascots and nicknames, including the DU Pioneers, the Cleveland Indians, the University of Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the Ole Miss Rebels, and others. In certain ways, I find them all offensive, said Madeline Cohen, who teaches at DU. They're caricatures. Obviously, some of them are culturally insensitive. Others don't seem much wrong with them. And then uh, a DU student, Cole Elwell, said, I'm not so keen on cultural appropriation. I don't really find any of them offensive. While DU has phased out as mascot Boone, the Pioneer's nickname remains, even though its future is unclear. Uh, House believes this um, that the Pioneer uh, represents a dark chapter in settling the American West, including the University of Denver. I tell you, Steve, once we start to tear down all of our history, and uh, we are seeing this, and that is what happened. I mean, I, I, I know it seems kind of strong to say this, but that is what happened uh, with uh, the Taliban and uh, the Islamists, you know, tearing down all of the history, um, you know, destroying a lot of the history over in Iran. 
and in Iraq and tearing down history, not being able to remember where you come from is, is, uh, it takes away the foundation of, of who you are. And this is, this is more serious than we actually really realize. I hope that DU alum will say, Hey, you either keep the pioneer name or we're going to cut the spigot off on the money coming in because quite frankly these these professors who don't teach many classes sometimes instead of trying to lift people up and helping them to become the best people that they can be they are actually receiving and there's fine professors but we're seeing these these uh, very vocal professors that are out there you know trying to change history trying to squash down history and because they have tenure they're being paid quite a bit of money and i think that the alum at du maybe need to turn the spigot off steve what do you think well it's fascinating to see where it might go i mean i kind of chuckled when you first said yeah we covered this a couple of weeks ago and it is at least from my vantage point seems to be kind of on the quiet side and you were hoping it would go away but obviously it's not going away and it still raises the question why but like i said to you before the show started is like okay the alum have a really big stick here and let's see how how quickly they'll they'll resort to using it well and you know it's the same we talked about it yesterday with KU uh, KU you've got some professors that don't want to ha- uh, don't want to have Chick-fil-A in the Memorial Union. Hey, you know what? Let Chick-fil-A compete in the free market. Uh, quite frankly, the kids, if, they, if they're if they so concerned about Chick-fil-A and, and the fact that Chick-fil-A believes that marriage is between a man and a woman, well, not Chick-fil-A, but the owner had given uh, some money to different institutions that uh, believe that marriage is a, between a man and a woman. And, you know, on the macro level, um, we have to be very careful about... Uh, you know, taking away our history and then redefining words. What people do on their own personal, you know, life, that's not my business. But redefining words, that's a whole nother thing from a whole cultural standpoint. And so we've got professors over at KU saying, hey, we don't want Chick-fil-A on, on campus. I think that what finally all of the alum at all these different schools need to say, wait a minute. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that you don't continue to give money to institutions that, that are continuing to tear down uh, one of the best ideas that's ever happened throughout history, and that's the American idea. One other thing, Steve, because we're going to get to break here in just a minute, and you know, looking at all the headlines, what is jumping out to you? Uh, Patty has put together quite quite a bit of news here. What's jumping out at you? Well, I said what the. You usually ask me that question. I said, well, boy, this really fries my grits. The Chicago mayor <laughs> going after uh, uh, Ted Cruz. You know, Ted Cruz. And, and the whole yeah. topic is you know, gun control. You know, it is amazing. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot clashed with Senator Ted Cruz over the latest burst of gun violence in her city, claiming Monday that Chicago's decades-long crime problem is actually the fault of Republican-run states like Indiana because they don't have common-sense gun legislation. The retort came after Cruz uh, from Texas tweeted that gun control doesn't work and pointed to the Democrat-run city as evidence that disarming law-abiding citizens isn't the answer. His tweet referenced an article reporting that at least 25 people were shot in Chicago during Labor Day weekend amid a continuing crime wave in the city. Steve, it's beyond it's beyond common sense that she would actually blame Republican states 
for what is happening in her city. And this is what you see with radical progressive is they never can take responsibility for their decisions. She's responsible for that city in Chicago. as And Chicago has been Democrat run for so many years. And you see the results of that. And she needs to step up and take responsibility for that, Steve. Well, and the name calling, too. Let's uh, assume that what she said here in terms of 60% of the illegal firearms recovered in Chicago come from the outside. They come from outside Illinois, mostly from uh, states dominated by coward Republicans like you. I mean, how in your face can she be? And yet she's totally overlooking the fact that, okay, let's assume that what you're saying is true. uh, You know, immoral uh, people bent on destruction are basically traveling to those other states to bring in the firearms. It, you know, it's not well, like the, you know, the, these Republican states imported or exported, made direct exports to Chicago, you know, cases of firearms. No, the people in Chicago are traveling to those states to get them. And, and Steve, quite frankly, one of the things now when, when somebody says something like that, I'm going to say, show me the show me the report. I actually don't believe what she just said. And so I would I would challenge the Chicago Chicago Tribune or any of the news outlets there to ask for that report. Good journalism would say, show me that report, because I actually don't think that that's probably true. But uh, you know what? Let's go to break, because there is somebody that does make sure that he checks all the facts, and that is Joshua Scharf. He's written a very important piece that is in uh, Complete Colorado. And this is regarding uh, Colorado, Jared Polis, uh, the Democrat-run uh, state is actually, you know, handing out candy to some some different in- industries, and uh, of course they're trying to stomp down the others. But then they give the candy away, and there's no delivery, and they go, "So what?" So let's talk to uh, Joshua Sharp when we come back. His piece is: the dim-friendly outdoor retailers cancel their subsidized trade show, and Governor Polish yawns. This is Kim Munson. We'll be right back with a conversation with Joshua Sharp. At Hooters, you can watch the games with all your buddies. And when your buddies are the world-famous Hooters girls, there's always plenty of ice-cold beer and those craveable wings that'll knock your taste buds into next Tuesday. Hooters girls know plenty about football, but we really know the fans who live for it. So hang out with all your buddies all season long at Hooters, your official hangout for game day. Catch all the games at Hooters and enjoy a butter Bud Light draft with 10 boneless wings, just $10. Dine for two with the pitcher and nachos, just $20. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Hey, 
Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. I've got Joshua Scharf on the line. Joshua Scharf, I want to cry because we have a, a state government that is actually do picking winners and losers. <laughs> don't do that. Can you, don't cry. Don't. It's okay. Okay. Help me. <laughs> help me out here, Joshua Scharf. Welcome. It's great to have you on the line. Good morning, Kim. It's it's great. It's great to be with you. How are you doing this morning? I, I'm doing well. So let's jump. Let's jump in here. What is going on? Yeah, so the you know we're we're familiar with uh, with like what goes on with the teachers unions, for instance, where uh, school districts and Democrats uh, uh, will frequently recycle money, you know, use teachers union money to get elected, and then once they're elected to the school board, will then turn around and 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 find ways to pay off the uh, the teachers union. So so this is this is sort of classic uh, uh, classic. Uh, uh, politics, you know, politics of, 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 you know, using other people's money to, to pay off your supporters. And there's another group that it looks as though, you know, listen, I mean, I, I, I don't know that this is, I want to be careful here. I don't know that this is necessarily what was motivating Governor Polis and, and his uh, uh, head of the, the, the outdoor recreation industry to do this. But, you know, a few years ago, the Outdoor Industry Association, which is sort of the umbrella group for retailers and, and, and manufacturers of, of outdoor gear and equipment and, and, and even, even uh, you know, people who sell experiences, you know, the tour guides and the, the, the rafting companies and so forth, those kinds of things. So it's the umbrella organization for, for outdoor recreation. They uh, were looking to move their major, I think they do three of these a year, so they have three major uh, sort of markets a year, and those are, these are basically trade shows. Uh, but where people can, can, you know, individuals can go and see as well. And, and, and they're a big boost to the local economy. They had been in Salt Lake City. They were looking to move. And the Colorado government offered them some subsidies to move those here to Denver. The argument being that if they paid, and, and the number I think was $1.7 million, then uh, about $1.7 million a year, then they would, they would see a, a multiplier when they came here and we'd see tens of millions of dollars of economic benefit. And a couple of years ago, I'm sorry, or a couple of months ago, uh, uh, you know, they, they held, held their, uh, they held one of these and then uh, recently announced that they were not going to hold the winter market this year, which is the big one of one of the biggest of the three. I think I think it may in fact be the biggest of the three, the winter market that they that they were going to hold here. So they they canceled it and they said, well, we're only going to have two. We're not going to have three in Denver. We're only going to have two. And the uh, uh, both Governor Polis and Nathan Fay, who, like I said, is the the head of the Colorado Outdoor Recreation Industry Office. Uh, is even considering asking for a partial refund of the money that was paid to the group in return for for their canceling uh, essentially a third of of what was understood to be an obligation. Okay, so the Colorado gave them 1.7 million dollars to move that, and I remember the the headlines. This was such a big deal. This was, and they always say there's going to be a boost to, to the economy. There's this multiplier. I'm not sure that I believe that. Um, all the time, but uh, that's one of the things they use. So why would they have canceled their biggest show? Uh, so you know that they normally have. Well, their argument is that they they really only need two shows. They don't need to do three shows. I mean, obviously it's expensive for them to put these things on, and so you know they 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 simply don't feel that they're that they, 
the OIA, the Outdoor Industry Association, apparently doesn't feel that it's getting the return on on having the third show, and so it's going to go ahead and cancel it. What's interesting is that is is just this sort of relaxed atmosphere where we're disturbing a little bit, I suppose. I don't want to feed the outrage machine, but it is at least a little disturbing that that the governor, you know, who is by the way, was behind uh, was 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 in favor of and behind as though it were conspiratorial, but he was in favor of and signed legislation to go do a review of uh, of of, of uh, sort of tax incentives that 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 uh, that's, that the state gives, uh, feeling that perhaps there was a little too much subsidy that they needed to examine the subsidies that were going to businesses, and and here we have one to the tune of you know really to to, to the tune of seven figures that. Uh, is not being rewarded is deliberately not being rewarded it's not you know it's not exactly a breach of contract but it's the kind of thing where you would expect them to say listen you know we paid this money uh, we, we expect you to you know we expect you to hold to hold all the events that you promised to hold and if you don't then we expect you to you know to get to, to get back some of the money that you got because we're not getting the benefit out of it instead mm-hmm. their reaction is well you know whatever you have here will be enough to cover uh, to be enough to cover uh, you know, and, and still provide a bunch of economic boost so so we're okay with it uh, and, and then of course if you go and look at at the the campaign contributions that's when that's when it starts to get a little bit interesting. Uh, they didn't contribute directly, I don't think, to to, to Governor Polis's campaign in 2018, but they did contribute to they, they did play that is the Outdoor Industry Association did play at the national level. Uh, they contributed to Joe Goose up at uh, up in um, uh, CD2 and to Jason Crow who defeated Mike Kaufman down in CD6, and they gave three thousand dollars to the Colorado Democratic Party. This is their PAC. This is the the Outdoor Industry Association PAC. And they also gave uh, they gave about five thousand dollars to John Tester, who was in a very a Democrat John Tester, who was in a very difficult reelection race up at, uh, for for Senate up in Montana. So uh, their campaign contributions overwhelmingly go to Democrats. I went and I, I did a, a search of just the to narrow it down a little bit, just the Colorado-based companies that that were exhibitors in the 2018 winter market, and the employees there donated overwhelmingly uh, a lot of times you know just in these little small increments that you can give you know act blue for instance has this little thing where you can just mm-hmm. kind of you know give a, a couple of bucks periodically or or you know your paycheck comes you round it up you know and and, and give them a little you know give them a little extra money and so there's activism there too it's clearly that this is an or- it's clear that this is an organization that you know if it's not a ton of money but it's the kind of thing that keeps somebody on board it's the kind of thing that keeps somebody on your side if you're you know absolutely uh, Joshua Sharf this is such an important piece we're just about out of time here but this is at complete colorado the other thing you mentioned patagonia in the piece as well as you know um the extreme skiing to get to like alaska takes a lot of fossil fuels to fly up there <laughs> to be able to, you know, get in the helicopter to actually go do the extreme uh, skiing, to actually have all the equipment, a lot of that is based uh, on fossil fuels, on petroleum products. So it's it's so interesting that in in some ways they actually were biting the hand that feeds them, but yet you know all of this is is moving forward. They're pushing forward on climate change. So I would so highly recommend that people go and take a look at this piece. You got about one minute. What's your final thought on that? I mean, I think it's I think it's important to understand these are people who are you know who who this is the kind of thing that can lead to more contributions in a bigger cycle, and it's being paid off with your money. 
you know, it's using it's using government money to, or, or basically, you know, shrugging a government money that is taxpayer money uh, being given to an organization who is who is clearly on one side of the political divide. And and in a place like the West, where so much land is controlled by the federal government, this is a this is a tremendously uh, tremendously important issue to begin with. Oh, Joshua Sharf, I so appreciate uh, your pieces that you have in Complete Colorado. So agree again, go to Complete Colorado, click on the banner ad at the top, and that will take you directly to this piece that Joshua has just uh, recently written. So, Joshua, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. You have a great day. And in just a moment, we're going to be getting to uh, Jason McBride. Uh, Jason and I are doing a really fun event. It's going to be on September 16th over at Water's Edge Winery. And as many of you know, I've worked with Jen Hewlin, who owns Water's Edge Winery, uh, on a number of different uh, events. And uh, Zach, my media guy, says this is really kind of your forte, Kim, is uh, hosting these events. And we've done anything from uh, uh, actually our, our voter's guide. We've got Vino and Veritas there. And I'm so excited to be partnering with Jason McBride, a valued a partner, uh, regarding nuts and bolts. Jason, it's going to be a great evening on Monday, September 16th. Well, I sure think it will, Kim. Uh, first, we're at a great location at Water's Edge, so you know the food will be great. Uh, you know, we're not going to allow anybody to drink because we don't want them to get too rowdy until after it's <laughs> over. That's okay, right, Kim? <laughs> I actually think that people should be able to have a glass of wine with the great food, if that's okay with you, Jason. All right. Well, you just keep telling me your listeners are a big rowdy crowd, so I was a little concerned, <laughs> you know, about no, the fire I, I don't trucks think... and the cops coming. No, I don't think you need to worry about that. My my listeners are very, very thoughtful, and well, uh, you go to Vino and Veritas, you know that they're always out there wanting to learn something new. And that's why we're doing nuts and bolts is because people's personal economy, particularly in this craziness out there, is what is so important. So we want to give people some tools, some things that they can learn to make sure that their own personal economy is doing well. Well, I think that's great. And this will be a a good subject, Kim, because, you know, there are uh, old kind of wives' tales, they would call them, or market adages out there, and some of them hold water, and some of them just quite frankly don't. Uh, we're going to talk about probably mostly the ones that do hold water, but maybe some of the ones that don't as well, and give people the, an idea how they can put these into action, uh, have someone else help them put them into action, uh, possibly me, let's hope. Uh, but there's a lot of good strategies out there and understanding, I think, maybe the mechanism behind some of them, why they tend to, to repeat over and over again, is very interesting. And our speaker that's coming, uh, Jeff Hirsch, he's really good at digging down into the, the reasons why these things tend to happen over and over, and, and they make pretty good sense. So when you say you have listeners that want to learn something, uh, this will be a great uh, event for that, give you a chance to be very thoughtful and ask some good questions, too. Well, that's for sure. So for more information, go to americhicks.com or chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com and sign up. It's going to be a great evening. Jason, thanks so much. We will talk to you tomorrow. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? 
Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at americhicks.com Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at americhicks.com or email Kim at americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation. We're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. And thrilled to have in studio with me one of my colleagues here at Crawford Broadcasting, Angie Austin. Thank you so much for having me again. It's wonderful. It's so great to have you here. And it was a great conversation last time, but uh, but I heard through the grapevine that you are one of the most interesting people out there. So why don't you tell me a little <laughs> bit about you? You know, it's so interesting that you'd ask me this today because I just had a, uh, a conversation with one of my good friends, Ross Schaefer, who was a TV personality. He did game shows like Match Game, and he's written a lot of books, and now he's a, like a national speech, speaker for Fortune 500 companies. And over and over again, he said, write your story. And every time I tell someone my background or testimony, they're like, are you kidding me? Because, you know, the picture of me on like a news set, I did 20 years of TV news in Los Angeles and San Diego and Denver. Old enough to do that? Did you start at the age of five? No, I'm 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 plenty old enough. <laughs> so I um, did all those. So the picture of me sitting on a set with my publicity photo was so perfect, and so I wanted to write something like life behind the camera wasn't what it seemed, or life behind the camera wasn't perfect, uh, because my background is so was so difficult. And when I gave him a skim yesterday, he's like, you've got to write this. People will not believe what you've lived through. He said, no one would ever look at you and know that this was your reality. And how did you get where you are coming from that background? So my dad just died this summer and it kind of 
thank you. It was a happy ending because we, we had been estranged for 30 years. He'd pretty much abandoned our family when I was about 12. He was a okay. professor. He was an alcoholic. He was an abusive alcoholic to my mother. There were four kids, and I had the room next to them. So whenever he'd drink, I would hear every second of the assault on my mother. Oh my and so would my brothers to some degree. But I was six when I started hearing that. Where did you fall in the family? Uh, two older brothers, one a genius. The other ended up being a drug addict who was murdered. And then my youngest brother, who also became a drug addict. And when my dad passed, my brother that went to West Point Military Academy and graduated in the top 1% of his class, I said, will you go to dad's celebration of life? Because I had reunited with my father. He was a different man when he didn't drink. He was an excellent grandfather. I've known him for seven years as the new man. Okay. Okay. So my brother wrote to me and said, I understand you forgive him, but it's, I can't forgive that he basically is responsible for the death of two of our brothers, that allowing drugs into our home when we were kids and listening to mom be abused when I was a child is too much for me to forgive. He said, I don't think about it much, and I respect that you were able to forgive, but I never got there. So no, I will not come to his funeral. So, but backing up, two of your brothers both passed on, they, two of them? He says that the second one is basically dead because he's in a homeless shelter. He was a meth addict, and he's a shell of who he could have been. Got it, got it. Because he started, he was allowed, marijuana was allowed in the home, and he started when he was six. Okay. And so we don't believe he ever became the person he could have had he not been introduced to drugs at such a young age because for him, it did then escalate. What do you do? Your brain isn't ready. And my dad had tremendous guilt over that. Okay. And I think that's part of the reason that he abandoned our family after the divorce. He just couldn't deal with the shambles of what he'd left behind. Oh, my gosh, Angie. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so your, your older brother said, good for you, but I can't do it. Correct. And so you go to your, your father's memorial service. It's coming up in a year, but I had to write his obituary. And I had to honor my brother that didn't forgive him. And I asked my stepmom if I could write in there that... Um, he had was open about his struggles with alcohol, and I'm proud that later in his life he became the man that my children could admire as a grandfather. And she said yes, that I could write that. Because I didn't want to just gloss over that, you know, from 12, you know, for th- 35 years he was absent from my life, basically. Wow. Wow. What about your mom? Uh, my mom has basically been taken care of by me for the majority of her life, which has been another complicating issue because... We lived in low-income housing. She worked in a factory. She hadn't graduated from college. So how did I then go on to put myself through college, living in low-income housing, working seven days a week all through high school and college? I worked at Boulder Community Hospital uh, as a cleaning girl. I'd clean the morgue. I'd clean the emergency room. Every night, I'd work four hours, and every weekend, I would work 16 hours. So I'd work between 36 and 40 hours and graduated with honors um, and did that seven years. And uh, worked up to, you know, not cleaning the morgue anymore. I did the instrument trays for the operating room and made pretty decent money and saved and paid for my college and lived in low-income housing with my mom. And then my first job was at NBC in Los Angeles. And so within six months, Kim, I went from low-income housing to making over $100,000 a year in the union at NBC in Los Angeles. And within a few years, bought an oceanfront penthouse and a Porsche, but realized those weren't the things that were going to make me happy. However, that is a pretty amazing story that you go from low-income housing to a beachfront property. And Angie, one of the things 
that I just so totally love about America is the American idea that that is possible. Yes. That now we're talking about financial success, but, uh, you know, I think that it really is the whole person, heart, soul, mind, and body. Absolutely. So you can have all the trappings and, and good, great for you. Yep. And, um, because you have all those trappings doesn't mean that you can't have the other things in order as well, but sometimes it doesn't happen. So you said you were here, but maybe everything else wasn't in order yet. What did what happened on your journey? I um, had stayed in foster care at one point in my life, and I lived with an uh, abusive aunt at one point in my life. She had taken me to church. The foster family took me to church. So I was saved when I was uh, 12. And so I feel that coming back to my faith in my late 20s and early 30s, that's where I really felt called. There was an accident that happened on the freeway in uh, California, and I really truly believe that the Lord, you know, came knocking for me and had a moment where it was very clear to me that I was supposed to return to the church. You know, that's an interesting thing that you would mention. Um, actually, within the next few probably within the next three weeks, I will have finished reading the complete Bible. Good for you. Now, that doesn't mean that I got everything. Right. Because sometimes I'm going through Leviticus and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I need to get the, I need to get the car service, the you know. Egg, I need eggs. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, I, I can't say that I got everything, but I've been encouraged by, and, and he since passed on, uh, Ron Wall, one of our instructors at, at uh, my church, uh, that daily Bible reading is really important. But the one thing that I can say is I've, as I'm reading through this book, it's this um, pursuit of God to man, that he wants to have this relationship with us. And that seems to be what that, that theme is throughout, yes. uh, throughout the Bible. And so, and sometimes folks get kind of smacked in the face with a God that is pursuing them. And that sounds like that's what happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that was life changing. So that that's when I found that peace that, you know, when you've been let down by that many people that are supposed oh, to love you, it's a, very a difficult girl. to trust. Oh, I just can only imagine. I was like an island. I didn't trust anyone. If you crossed me, then you couldn't come on my island. I would date you, but I wouldn't get married. You know, I would mm-hmm. have long term serious relationships, but would never make the step towards marriage because I'll date you for five years. But do I trust you to not you know hurt me? I don't know. And so same thing with friends. I had a hard time keeping lasting friendships at the time because I didn't trust people to not hurt me. And so that going back to church and having the love of the a father, meaning the father above, replaced that lack of love that I had that, you know, my father was absent in my life and didn't come back until, you know, seven years ago. You know, you are not alone because, quite frankly, humans do let us down. Yeah. It, it just, it happens. And, and many times they may not mean to but it happens. And that was one of the things about my faith is I realized that, you know, Christ is not, uh, this is not a, um, a forced thing. He actually says, you can choose. You can choose whether or not you believe in me or not. I'm not going to force myself. Now, religion's gotten a little whacked out from time to time trying to force people to do things. But as I was thinking about Christ on the cross, I realized that he's gone through everything that any of us could have ever gone through. Yes. Loss of our friends, looking down and seeing your mother cry because she knows that her child is going to die. Um, People lying about you, no clothes, no possessions. He did it all. And so knowing that, that this God uh, of creation has pursued us and sent his son to the cross to overcome this so that we can overcome death so that we could have a relationship. All of a sudden, 
And I, I don't want to um, gloss over the challenges that people have, but with your story, all of the sudden that you realize that there is somebody that you can always depend on, and yes. that is empowering. And will never let you down, and that you're worthy, and they can give you that. Because there were so many incidents that I can pick from my childhood that could have really crushed me, you know, being labeled and being embarrassed by where I lived, not having family support, basically raising myself from 12 on. That um, And my friend actually asked me um, yesterday when we talked about, you know, how to get the book started, um, wh- what, what is it? How did you get out? And I believe my faith is ultimately the reason going to live with that abusive aunt, even though it was a horrible experience, I'll forever be grateful that she took me to church. And I do believe that that the Lord had a plan for me. And oddly enough, my name's Angela. My father named me after his grandmother, Angel, because he too had a difficult childhood, of course. And his grandmother raised him from about the age, you know, 12, 13. And he named me after grandmother Angel. And Angel means messenger of God. And here I ended up being a Christian radio host and, you know, a TV personality. And so that really fits in with, I guess, maybe God's plan for my life that, you know, there was a plan for me. Well, definitely. I just got chills when you said that. Um, so I want to make a point. You, you had an abusive aunt, but she took you to church. Yeah. And sometimes out of tough things, good things can happen. Correct. You said that it has been your your faith that allowed you to get out of this. So you're working all these hours. You're a Christian by then, uh, and you, you do you feel that there's a purpose? Is that there's there's something pushing you on, Angie, or what's happening? With you. You know, it's interesting because I wanted out. I wanted better for myself and my family. I didn't want to be that Maury Povich, you know, um, who's your daddy living in a trailer with six kids? You know, I Mm. wanted to be someone. So I was very protective of myself. You know, when people were drinking and partying, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that because other people made bad decisions for me. So I was going to make good decisions for myself. And I know kids from abusive backgrounds oftentimes follow in that crummy, marry a creepy guy, you know, drink Mm. themselves, party, do drugs. but I did all the opposite of what other people I'd seen around me do, um, except for the one brother that graduated in the top 1% of his class at West Point Military Academy, who's an engineer, who's brilliant. He was a role model for me. So I think that was important for someone. A lot of these kids from bad backgrounds don't even have anyone to aspire to be like. And I did see someone who was excelling. So I did see that. And my dad had his PhD and he'd gone to law school. He was no dummy. Mm-hmm. You know, he just drank too much and he was abusive when he drank. So... I think it's important to have someone to aspire to be like. And then was I pushed on? You know, I'm going to have to explore that more. I don't know what it was. My aunt that I was very close to who became a surrogate mom, she said my drive, because my mom wasn't driven, she said my drive came from their side of the family, that they all had come from difficult backgrounds. They all had, you know, excellent educations and, you know, had gone on from nothing to become something. And she said it was in my genes. Do I believe that God was looking out for me, you know, from that time I was saved or even younger? Yes, but I don't know what it was exactly that made me graduate with honors and work seven days a week for seven years. I don't know. I mean, there was, there was no fun in there. No, there was no fun. And, and uh, you weren't partying in college, that's for sure. So, hey, let's go to break, Angie. This is Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation with Angie Austin about an amazing life. We'll be right back.
Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 30th through Thursday, September 5th, features will include Angry Birds 2, The Art of Racing in the Rain, and Scary Stories. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation with Angie Austin. Angie, we are on Crawford Broadcasting, KLZ 560. I think you're also on another of Crawford stations as well. Before yes. we get into I'm just dying to talk to with, about this story. It's so amazing. But let's make sure people know, you know where you are and exactly what you're doing on the radio dial. I do the good news on AM 670, our sister station, at 2 p.m. And then I'm here at the Angie Austin and Michael Pelka show, and we're on, and Steve will correct me because I've been gone all summer in California, but we're on at 11 a.m. Mountain Time here on KLZ, and we're syndicated around the country. And we're also on from 4 to 6 a.m. right before you in the morning. Do I have that right, Producer Steve? Yep. Yes, good. That's it's the that. same as when I left, but I still recorded somewhat in California. But with the death of my father and being there with my kids and my husband working, I'll be honest, I did a do-over and I relived my childhood and went back to L.A. because I worked seven days a week. When I worked for NBC News in L.A., sure. I worked seven days a week. I'd work in L.A. Monday through Friday, and then I did weather in Santa Barbara on the weekends. And then when I anchored in San Diego... I'd come and do weather in L.A. on the weekend. So I continued that working seven-day-a-week thing all the way into my 30s and through my mid-30s. So there was this drive in me to succeed that couldn't be stopped. And people, when I ran into them in summer, were like, you were the hardest-working person I ever met. But I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of done. You know, like now you're still, I... You're still, you know, t- a three-hour show, you know, at 4 a.m. Uh, you are a hard worker, Angie Austin. So, <laughs> now it feels like part-time to have the weekends off. <laughs> I'm sure. So, uh, websites, all that information? Uh, AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay. AngieAustinRadio.com. You can find out a little bit there. Okay, great. I wanted to go back to something that you said. Four children in your family. Uh, certainly, uh, your your father, as a you know, when you were a child was not a good role model, but four kids, two kids make really good decisions and two kids don't. It's the same bucket of water. So you don't have to be, there's this narrative that says to kids, you're disadvantaged, you know, and and the implication is you can't overcome that, but you did overcome that. And I think that's a message that I want to make sure people understand is, is, is you're not necessarily a product of 
how you were raised. You're a product of the choices that you make. I do think that we started, I started way behind the starting line. And so other kids were at the starting line and I was a mile behind them and I had to catch up to them and pass them if I wanted to reach the trophy in life, if I wanted to reach the goals that I wanted. And there's plenty of trophies and medals. So, you know, I may have been equal to them at the finish line, but I definitely started behind many of my colleagues and many of my friends in life with very few advantages, if any, really. Well, and some sometimes people with advantages run in place. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I really think that we have a responsibility, each of us, to strive for excellence and to do and be the very best that we can be. And uh, so uh, anything else you want to tell us about that? Because I'm interested in your summer vacation as well. Um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, having all of those years where I was estranged, you know, from my father and then him calling out of the blue and saying, uh you know, I, I'd like to, I, he, you know, he called this seven years ago and in my dad's typical narcissistic fashion, he wasn't coming to Colorado to visit or meet my children that he'd never met or my husband that he'd never met. He was coming to um, go to the University of Colorado to get an award for uh, a 50 year award for athlete, athletic excellence or something of the sort. He was quite an athlete and was doing Tai Chi up until the day he died this summer and uh, was one of the highest degree black belts. And um, so anyway, he was coming for that, but he came with a friend. And when I answered the phone and he said, Angela, I knew it was him. And I knew the second I heard his voice that I'd forgiven him. And I'd made a, attempts at reaching out in the past and seen him a couple of times over that time, but he didn't know any of my children and had never met my husband. And we'd been married, you know, good, you know, not quite 10 years by then. So anyway, to make a long story short, I wanted him to um, meet my children and see the joy of, you know, and how well they were being raised. And um, I wanted my kids to see forgiveness in action because if I claim to be a Christian, then I should really be showing uh, them that. So to make a long story short, um, he came and he sobbed on my couch for at least five minutes. And I think it was the guilt. He knew he'd made a mistake with the two boys and allowing drugs in the house and, you know, condoning the, the drug use that then led them down a pretty bad path. And the mm-hmm. alcohol and he was a bad example. So I said, Dad, I, I, I've forgiven you. Like, it's okay. And I mean, sobbing, his whole body shaking, you know, his nose running onto the floor, his, his tears running onto the floor. And like he'd just seen someone in a car accident die, just his whole body racked with these just shaking. And he had a friend there who was uh, a Christian who'd been friends with him for 40 years because he had like surrogate student friends who became like children. And this was his only Christian friend, interestingly enough, that had brought him. And he told Keith, his friend, that he wanted to pray. And that's, you know, when the tears started. And when I said I'd forgiven him, he said, I know I can tell. And I just think that release of all of the guilt that Mm -hmm. he had and knowing that he got me back. And I was the only one really that Mm -hmm. of the four kids that he ever had a relationship with again. But um, after we took a family vacation... Um, we did um, a family camp with him, and he caught the, taught the kids Tai Chi, and we had meals together, and he helped me with child care, and he watched the kids swim. I interviewed him on my show, and I said, and what I wanted was him to see the beauty of these children because he'd really lost out on, on the childhood of his own children. And I said, Dad, what do you think of family camp? And he started sobbing, and he said, those moments with those grandbabies were the most beautiful moments of my life. And that's what I wanted for him to see the joy of the children and experience that. And he called every Sunday until the day he died. And my husband even said, because he's like, why? After everything he put you through and he hasn't been there for you and he abandoned you, like, why? Why are you going to like let him meet the kids? Why is he coming here? He said, you know, I have to tell you, um, 
uh, he proved me wrong. Not many people take that second chance and run with it. And he really did. He became an honorable man, and he really did what he promised he would. Wow. <clears throat> so anything is possible. Yeah, I'm not saying if you forgive someone, they can become your friend. I told my brother I didn't plan on him becoming my friend. Yeah. But we took a trip to Nashville last fall, and we learned to line dance together, and we had such a blast and bought cowboy boots, and he was such a goofball. He bought an electric cowboy hat that lit up in the dark, and they're like, <laughs> look, everyone, Willie Nelson is here, because he looks like Willie Nelson. And it was just a gas to be with him. But I didn't plan on being his friend. It just happened that way. But, but you don't have to forgive someone and become their friend. Just put your toe in the water and see how it goes. And there is a difference between a for, forgiveness and relationship. Correct. But forgiveness and is the first step towards relationship. Correct. But sometimes you can forgive somebody and you may not want to spend a whole lot of time with them. Exactly. What that means, I think forgiveness is really for you, me, the person. So I that, 100% so agree with you. So you're not dragging that burden around. Uh, and that's what I told my brother. And he's like, I just can't forgive you because I don't talk about it much. But... um I just can't. He, he truly, I mean, the, hit the words that he wrote to me were so powerful when we talked about dad's passing and the things that he recounted that he remembered were so vivid to him. And, you know, being a 12 year old and listening to my mom be assaulted and beaten and him shaking and hiding and the, how he blamed my dad for the death of our brothers. And again, the ones in a homeless shelter, he's not dead, but dead to my brother. I mean, he hasn't had anything to do with him, you know, in years. It's too, I think he feels he's being loyal to my mom by not forgiving. But I told my mom after dad died, I'm like, mom, everyone that's ever harmed you is dead. Now it's time to forgive. Mm -hmm. And how's that going for her? Better. Okay. Because Sometimes she's really carried that. She's really carried that backpack of unforgiveness, all those rocks mm -hmm. around her whole life. Mm -hmm. And it really has decreased the joy in her life. And, you know, Angie, we're going to, I don't think we're going to get into everything that I wanted to chat with you about, but that is joy. And I'm going to just ask you a quick question. You know, many times in America today, people say you deserve to be happy. And there, I hear that. And I know people are really well-meaning when they say that. But first of all, I'm not sure I believe that we deserve anything. And second I of all, I do think that the Lord allows us to claim our joy, even in the midst of pain. You, but go but, ahead. But there's, but I think there's a difference between happy and joy. That is so true, Kim. Okay. Because joy is you deciding that in the midst of this, I'm going to find a joy. ray of sunshine somehow. Exactly. So I think that there is really something different. And so we have just about three minutes. So maybe this is where we're going to talk about happiness and joy and deserving things. You've worked hard and you now have a Porsche and a penthouse. And my husband made me get rid of that. But anyway, yes, I <laughs> yes, I had I couldn't even buy the penthouse back. I went to LA and it's over two million dollars now, so I don't even think I could buy it back now. Well, you couldn't get all your kids in that Porsche. That's now, true, so. that's true. But you'd you'd arrived. Yes. Yes. But something. Something still. So what what happened? There? I think it was faith that I didn't. Nothing can fill the hole in your heart. The Porsche. It's not a Porsche shaped hole. It's not an oceanfront condo shaped hole. It's not a boyfriend or husband or child shaped hole or father shaped hole. That only Jesus can truly fill that hole in your heart and give you that sense of peace that does surpass all understanding. And that's what I was led back to my faith because I had, you know, once I'd come home from the foster home and the abusive, you know, um, aunt, my mom did not take me to church and I slipped away from all of that. Um, did I still have a sense of morality and right and wrong? Yes, I believe so. 
but I don't think that I had the peace that comes with having a relationship with the Lord. And we're just about out of time. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, through all these years, what are we to do as Christians? Is it that we're to serve? Is it that we're to give everything away? You know, what, what, are, what is it that we're supposed to do? And I think I, I think I finally got it. What? And that is we are to love him because he loved us first. And when we do that, it, it provides no matter what's going on in your life, you can live a joyful life wherever you are. Doesn't mean you don't have challenges, but it can give you joy. What do you think? I think that relationship that you're on the right track there, but then how do you daily, like you mentioned daily, uh, Bible reading, is it journaling every day? Is it quiet time? Like we have to make the time or there's a distance in the relationship, just like there would be with a person if you ignore them. Exactly, exactly. Angie Austin, we are out of time. But again, what is your website so people can find you? AngieAustinRadio.com, and you can email me there as well. And thank you so much for having me on. You're so smart. Oh, you are too. What a powerful, (laughs) what a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And when the book is done... You know, we'll make sure you're on again for that. I'll let you know. And before. Yeah. Okay, so. Thank you. Thanks so much, Angie. And our quote for today is from Philippians 4.13, where the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, and strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.